Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined, as always, by Wrestling Inc. founder Raj Giri. And today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for October 11th, 2016. Uh, Interesting show last night. We had a non-title match involving the champ that runs the camp, AJ Styles, and fan favorite James Ellsworth. We had Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt taking on Kane and Randy Orton, and so much more. So here with Raj to talk about it, we're going to recap and go through the show. I was actually there in attendance live at the SAP Center in San Jose, so I probably have a slightly different perspective on the proceedings, but it'll be great to compare notes with Raj and talk about what happened on TV. Raj, what did you think of SmackDown last night? Well, well let me ask you first, being there yeah. live, what, what did you think? You know, I thought that up until the tag team match with um, with Kane and Randy and Bray and Luke, I thought up until that, the momentum was great. I thought things moved really fast. Uh, now, live, I'm telling you, the Ellsworth AJ stuff played fantastically because that was very much uh, theater. Uh, and I mean that in a good way, not the kabuki way that Vince Russo always does. Um, I thought the show had great momentum and was really picking up steam. But that, that tag match in the main event, that just really 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 drag things down because on our end from walkouts and everything else that was the entire last half hour of the show yeah um i kind of agree i think i thought the show was pretty good until um until i'd say halfway through that ellsworth match i thought that just went way too long and then it just kind of lost it for me i thought the, the rest of the show was uh brought it down a lot and i i, I actually thought raw was better this week which is one of the rare weeks <laughs> that i thought raw was better <clears throat> yeah raw was cool um so i was also there uh, live from monday night raw at the oracle arena in oakland and i thought raw you know again i mean we talk about this all the time but man live especially you really feel that full three hours three and a half including uh superstars but uh yeah it, it, you know and now granted i will say this we only saw one or two of the backstage segments live in the arena and i never noticed this or this has never happened at any live event i'd ever been to before tell me if you've experienced this they played the audio on uh both raw and smackdown for maybe half of the backstage segments but not all of them so in a lot of them we were watching the tron and watching the video of what was going on backstage with the interviews but there was no audio and by the way some of these um specifically had the pre-recorded earlier today thing so it wasn't a live issue where they were afraid of you know noise bleed or something huh that's weird uh i haven't noticed that but uh but yeah, that's interesting. So of the three shows uh, with No Mercy, Raw, and and tonight, what do you think? Uh, wh wh which one did you think the crowd was the best at? Um, you know, No Mercy, the crowd was really good, but part of that was due in fact to uh, that it was a brand new arena in Sacramento, the Golden One Center. WWE hadn't been there uh, in probably a little over a year. They hadn't been there for a pay-per-view in years and i think sacramento was really really stoked to have the wwe back there granted this brand new beautiful arena the golden one center um oakland was rowdy you know good rowdy active crowd um san jose was good but i think uh yeah, it was, I would say from the experience, SmackDown was the best live because with No Mercy, and I don't know what you guys saw of the pay-per-view, but I thought the whole Becky Lynch injury really took some of the wind out of the sails, changed the momentum, the putting the triple threat first, um, having the Miz in the middle, you know, like the No Mercy seemed off to me. Yeah, that was my argument. I thought it was, it had two, uh, one really good match with the AJ match and then a great one with Miz and, and Dolph Ziggler, but I thought... 
the way it was positioned, it ended on a really flat note. It ended boring. And that brought yeah. the, the pay-per-view down. I thought if they would have rearranged, you know, if it was rearranged, they did it the way they typically do it. You know, ending with uh, the main event, I thought it would have been a solid, you know, uh, thumbs up. But it was, you know, in the middle uh, with how they did it. Well, and it's interesting, right? I mean, so dovetailing nicely into what happened last night on SmackDown Live. I mean, so the, so the real main event, you know, for 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 the fans was the Dolph versus the Miz Sunday Night and No Mercy. The uh, Dolph Ziggler uh, retaining yeah. his career, his is gaining the belt, retaining his career. Who, you know, I think everyone figured that out ahead of time before WWE. I, you, yeah. No one has been caring about this Orton Wyatt stuff. For them to put that on last just shows how tone deaf they are sometimes with with what they think uh, the fans want to see. Well, it's interesting too, right? Because, I mean, Dolph had a little bit of, uh, you know, fan support behind him going into his match with Dean Ambrose at SummerSlam. I mean, we knew that that was a given that he wasn't going to win. But, uh, you know, myself, I mean, I really like that angle that a guy who'd been reduced to a jobber, you know, almost given that Rocky Balboa moment, uh, you know, coming out of nowhere to get that shot at the title at SummerSlam against Dean. Of course, we knew he wasn't going to win. But with The Miz, that, that's believable stakes. You know, yeah. that's believable that he's at that level. And the career ending uh, stipulation also believable, given where Dolph was at. I mean, clearly now in hindsight, a total work, one that Ziggler played beautifully on social media. Um, even, you know, as he referenced last night, if you check the TV information last night, you know, you would see that it said, oh, a retrospective of Dolph Ziggler, like they were planning for him to be gone. Um, so him winning, I think, was 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 one of those great ways where it's like, oh, we fell for it, but we're into it, so it so it works. Yeah. Well, I had noticed on, on last week's podcast that Dolph was advertised for events after SmackDown. So. <laughs> yeah, they really and don't they, know how to they, do like that, they, do they? They changed the TV listings, but they didn't update their advertising. Yeah, I mean, if they updated their advertising, I would have completely been swerved. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I, they did a good job. And uh, and you, the way they, you know, again, the other thing with Dolph Ziggler last week uh, saying I'm available for booking starting, you know, <laughs> Monday, I was like, that that kind of gave it away too, because like, dude, you would just wait until after the pay per view to put out your booking stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Totally. But it's still, it, 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 there was enough doubt that uh, it, it, you know, I, I believed a lot of the false finishes where it looked like Miz had them. Well, also, and they've built the Miz up so much, right? I mean, even having his gimmick being counting the days of the championship, um, doing that from one talking smack. I mean, the Miz started to seem that powerful, you know? In, yeah, and let's. Yeah, let's and let's yeah, let's go ahead and get into the show because I, sure. I thought tonight again, I thought Miz dominated the uh, opening segment. Yeah, so so that's the thing, man. So the real main event of No Mercy was the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, and I think you can tell that, and the WWE recognizes that by that being the opening of SmackDown last night. We had uh, Dolph come out thanking the crowd, huge pop. The Miz and Maurice come out in mourning and all black. Uh, you know, the chance talking about Miz was crying. Um, getting that going and then the spirit squad continuing that uh that whole angle of the spirit squad rushing out and then uh, turning into a two-on-one handicap match um i mean what do you make of this man this is in interesting to me that there's so many great elements here but one being that the wwe is is referencing you know sort of these these i don't want to say failed gimmicks but less uh i don't know gimmicks with maybe you know less notoriety uh in the annals of things and sort of hinging that as part of the story point yeah, I think one of the things that hurts WWE with me right now is all the campy comedy. Yeah. And uh, Spirit Squad, you know, they're campy comedy. If they are bringing them back, uh, I don't I, not, I don't think either of them is under contract right now. But yeah. 
they are going to continue to use them, you know, repackage them, do something, just repackage them as Mrs. Goons or, or something. Um, because it, it's, it, it is corny. Um, you know, and I thought this opening, you know, I, but I did like the opening segment. I thought, um, you know, it was different opening it with Miz and Ziggler. Uh, Ziggler was good with this promo, a little corny. I thought, um, you know, whenever a wrestler is too, gets over the goes over the top with this is for you and we did this it's like uh, i don't know it just comes across as too cheesy for me it's, especially when daniel when daniel bryan does it um it's believable with, with ziggler it sounds forced uh but then the miz came out i thought miz was great again uh but then the spirits when when they had the spirit squad come out it 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 lost some of its uh its seriousness well, I'll tell you, I, I think with the Spirit Squad, I, I almost like that it's um, it's an anti-gimmick at this point. Is I mean, th- these guys played it truly, you know, uh, in character. Uh, back, back when Dolph was in the Spirit Squad, then it was it was supposed to be obnoxious, but they committed to it. And now it's just like, it's like seeing guys at your high school reunion, you know, that just show up and they're like still doing the thing. Um, I enjoy that. And I think about the comparison. I mean, I don't know, like, like lesser gimmicks usually aren't referenced that much, you know, yeah. and this, this would be like, uh, during the attitude era, you know, if, if they did a, a, an Austin retirement gimmick and started talking about the ringmaster, you know, or the Hollywood blondes, um, you know, it what? sort of seems like the past is the past often in kayfabe and not brought up. Yeah. And also the, it looks like they're setting up a, a six man with Miz and the spirit squad against uh, Slater, Rhino and Ziggler. If you're yeah. doing that, give the spirit squad a win against somebody, you know, you have enough, you know, job or tag teams that you could do that. But yeah, why, you know, why do we want to six, see a six man tag with, with a team that's <laughs> lost it, you know, that gets humiliated every time they're out there. I could see the spirit squad easily coming into the tag picture. One thing I noticed last night um, when they taped superstars after we had Tyler breeze minus Fandango um and you know no mention of brazongo at all and uh i know the wwe posted that video online where they had backstage tyler looking for fandango i mean i could see given that we had to bring in the headbangers for the last tag tournament i mean i could see the spirit squad being used in that capacity as just like toss them in in a tag match yeah i mean you know i think ken doan looks good uh Uh he's he's clearly stayed in shape uh so i mean you know the problem is there's so many uh, job tag teams right now and not yeah. uh, credible ones that just adding more to the mix, <laughs> it just, you know, it doesn't help. Uh, but if you're bringing them back, I, I personally try to find a different role for them, like almost like a J&J security for the Miz uh, that, yeah. that wrestles here and there. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm not against them being brought back. You know, speaking of which, I mean, I know we talk about this on Raw all the time, but it, but it's sort of like the tag team picture in general, right? I mean, it's like as far as credit, quote unquote, credible tag teams. Well, I think SmackDown actually is a little better. I mean, you know, you have the vaude villains that they have a gimmick, but they're also they can wrestle. They're yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's not it's not like on Raw where it's every act is a comedy act, and then you have Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, um, but at least they they they're giving Cesaro and Sheamus something. If I if I had to put the the tag team side by side you include cesaro and sheamus you got yeah. gallows and anderson the new day and uh you know Cass and 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 enzo just those four teams trumps what they got on yeah. smackdown you know rhino and slater it's a it's cute 
it, it, but it's going to run its course. I don't consider them a top, top tag team that's going to be around a year. Surprising, right? I mean, so so one thing I noted and I saw on the Wrestling Inc. side is, you know, Wrestling Inc. Uh, has always published the betting lines going into No Mercy and some interesting interesting opportunities there where it went completely against where the odds were set. Um, I mean, I know we talked about this last week in our predictions, but Rhino and Slater retaining the belts. I mean, that was certainly a surprise. Yeah, yeah, you know, I th- I feel like the the results aren't being a lot of the results aren't being leaked like they used to. Um, yeah, because before you'd see these huge odds like minus two thousand, you know, before the the pay per view starts. Now it's you know I think Dolph at the end was uh, he he was an underdog at the end, but only like minus two hundred. I mean a uh, plus two hundred something yeah. like that. So it wasn't like an overwhelming. Uh, thing so i i don't know with the brand split if the results aren't being leaked as much but um but yeah i i think the betting we when you see minus a thousand or more it's clear that that result is out or it's obvious who's going to win um and otherwise you know it, it hasn't been leaked yeah yeah um so one thing that was interesting last night we had the backstage segment with daniel bryan and uh shane mcmahon talking about survivor series and what, what do you think of this their, their sort of announcement that they want to do top five superstars you know do traditional elimination matches up against the raw brand i think we all saw this coming um but the one thing that i thought was really notable in this is you know they're talking about the five superstars the five tag teams and they said we're gonna have the five best women from smackdown against the five best women from raw um smackdown's got six women <laughs> well tag teams too they got like yeah. you know six tag teams so it's basically yeah. your you know all your tag teams against uh all theirs um i like it yeah since i i thought this for i the promo i didn't like because yeah. shane and daniel bryan just sounded so rehearsed with the way they're with their back and forth it just uh but uh, you know that's I, I i think that's nitpicking but um you know i i think by doing that um you you kind of keep the raw and smackdown feuds going you know mm-hmm. you're not burning through if they have aj and let's say cena in that match uh then you're not burning that main event again before you do the december pay-per-view and yeah. uh, so you know i'm a fan i was like the traditional survivor series uh, uh matches i i wish they had some stakes because it always the one year when they did uh you know the year that sting came in where the authority had to leave which you know lasted a month but when, when you do a stip it just makes the match way more interesting and I, yeah. I feel like if you did it at least for one of these survivor series matches it, it would be it would be great yeah so uh that folded right into a match with carmella and naomi um i mean what do you think of the, the match itself and where things stand in the women's division right now given Becky Lynch is out. I mean, they're they're heavily advertising November eighth as her return, which seems a little weird, right? Like right after she goes out, they're already announcing return to uh, that. To me, that's just sort of begging to get pushed back due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, but also kind of amazing because when's the last time someone was out and that that didn't you know a title holder nonetheless? Um, it didn't affect their status with the title, and they announced when they were coming back. You know, this isn't being treated the same way as every other unforeseen illness and injury has. And then I also want to ask you, do you have any insight uh, through your sources as to what's going on with that? No. Um, just that it's not, you know, obviously it's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, it's not an injury. So she'll be back, you know. Uh, I, I think there's no question uh, that she'll be back for by November 8th. Um, 
you know, people are guessing their speculation. I, I don't know what it is. And, and I, I don't think, I don't think it'll ever, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's something that'll be leaked, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they're, it looks like they're trying to throw Naomi into it and make it a, a three, uh, you know, a three person uh, title match or, or do something with the three in the mix. So uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that. I would just keep it Alexa and Becky for now. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you could add Naomi later. I don't see why why you have to rush into that before you've even done Alexa versus Becky. You only have, you know, six or seven women. Why, you know, add so many in right off the bat? Well, and so with this, of course, Nikki Bella interfered, allowing Naomi to get the win. Um, but I think that's the thing. I think Nikki and Carmella, they're going to keep going as its own sort of, I mean, literally, you know, just run it into the ground with what's going on between them. And it, it works for what it is. I mean, it's not the best feud I've ever seen, but I, I think they need to amp it up more with Carmella, just surprising, attacking Nikki, you know, at catering, just random places, make it like uh, a chicken fight. No, I think that's been done. You know, they've been, no, but Carmella you know, has been ambushing, you know, Nikki every week. Yeah. And now they had their match. I think you, you need to take it in a different direction. You can keep the feud going, but yeah. doing the same thing. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just seems redundant. You know, try to find a different angle or, or something, you know, where uh, you can make this feud interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say this. At the ratings where they are right now, I don't see why they don't just try something, make SmackDown just completely different from Raw. Because yeah. you watch SmackDown, yeah, they do a couple different camera angles and small things, but overall, it's still, you could tell it's still WWE, you know, it's still a continue, you know, it, that it's the same product as Raw, and man, if I were WWE with, with where things are right now, I'd experiment with SmackDown, and you know, because you have that luxury now, you have a, a, a whole different brand where you can try different things out and see if something connects with bringing new fans in, as opposed to just doing the same thing, which is, you know, losing fans every year. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, so I think especially with the women's division, they have an opportunity to do that. I mean, to change things up. I mean, overall, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, they can experiment with it. And part of it is because, you know, they've got uh, the former head NXT writer, you know, working on SmackDown Creative now. They can take a page from NXT and, and get a little more creative. Well, they got Paul Heyman on their payroll, you know, yeah. like utilize him. Uh, I know it never works out because of the, the <laughs> egos clashing with Vince, but man, yeah, you got to try something. That's going to be weird with Heyman. You know, I mean, watching that documentary um, that they have him on the network, I mean, he, he him explaining it was even weird, where it's like, well, I'm back in an on-camera capacity. That's got to be kind of strange for him to just kind of be like, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. You know, yeah. I'm just going to bite my tongue, stand here, show yeah. up, do my thing, get a paycheck. Well, this has been his smoothest run yet. I never yeah. hear of any, any problems or anything with him. Like, whereas, you know, back in the day, it was constant, the constant yeah. butting heads. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, the, the lack of Becky, I think, is going to, um, you know, they're going to have Alexa versus Naomi next week. They announced that they hyped that and th that's cool. But I don't know. I mean, Becky is for many people, you know, the heart and soul of the, the SmackDown women's division. And uh, I don't know. It was weird to be there and see a lot of the audience disappointed about her absence. I think this is another one of those cases. I know it's talked about backstage that they know what they that they have something special with her. Um, but it's like really experiencing that it's uh, it's it's you know, you could tell the void that, that is lacking with her not uh, being able to compete. Um, 
so they went from that match to Gable versus Jimmy Uso. And uh, that was, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're starting to see these variations now because what we had uh, Jay versus Jason Jordan last week. Um, so this is obviously, do you think they're going to do this at Survivor Series or where, where are they going to build up this uh, this feud to? And do you think they're going to put the belts on the Usos first so the American Alpha can win them? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if American Alpha should win them yet. Uh, yeah. They have lost so much steam because of you know these multi-person tag team matches that they're constantly put in that they don't seem like anything special. I don't know how it was uh, live, but on TV, Gable got like no reaction. The fans were just quiet during yeah. this match. The, the, when they started, they gave them. I mean, when they started on SmackDown, they gave them some good exhibition matches. You know, in a sense, to sh come up, show that you're technical wrestlers. You're doing, you know, more collegiate style of amateur wrestling here. And I think that they've lost that opportunity to to take what really makes them special and translate that to SmackDown, because on NXT they had so much story development. You know, and uh, so much of their personality shown through. And on SmackDown, I feel like we're just not seeing that. Yeah, and week in and week out when you're putting them in multi-person matches with the Ascension and the Bod Villains, well, that brings them down to that level. Yeah, uh, They should be treated as something you know special. And again, this is the problem with the, the tag team division and the women's division, which is why I felt like one should have stayed on SmackDown, one should have stayed on Raw. Because if you had all the women from SmackDown on Raw and you had just had the women's division on Raw and all the tag teams from Raw and SmackDown, you would have two loaded divisions. Oh, yeah. Uh, by cutting them in half, there's just not much depth. I mean, once you, you know, go through the Usos and American Alpha and Slater and Rhino against, uh, gosh, who are they feuding with? Um, uh, Slater and Rhino, uh, the Spirit Squad now? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess it's still the Usos. So you mix and match. You can only mix and match those three teams for so long. And there's really no one else uh, really coming up unless you bring up the Revival. Yeah, they need something to to make it work and with the usos i mean i don't know man like that was a weird one to see live because i mean as faces they were they were over specifically with the younger demographic you know with kids so it's weird to see them in a live environment now with like kids by the ramp that are just like you know trying to do the chant trying to do the thing and it's like the usos are coming out dressed like the booyah tribe and just sort of ignoring all of it because that's their character now you know yeah it's gonna it's gonna take a little time but i like the idea of the usos as heels just because they, they've been doing the same thing for so long yeah yeah i just i just don't see the development there it's like they're not giving them mic time you know right. to talk about it to give their thing as the, i think the closest thing we have to the motivation is david otunga's you know long drawn out anecdote about talking to rikishi and saying like oh they just have to go for it now you know it's like well yeah that, and that's that's the problem right now with with a lot of these you know, mid-card or under-card storylines. No one gets much mic time. Uh, there aren't really angles. Every every week, it's like distraction finishes and run-ins, and that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's the only thing they do to keep storylines going. Give American Alpha some mic time. Give the Usos, you know, have them uh, in each other's faces. Uh, you know, do something different than, than what we're doing every week. Yeah, and it's strange, too, because I think, again, on NXT, they were so good at pre-recording. You know, and granted, some of the promos were hit and miss, but I think you could just give a little bit of motivation. I mean, look, and we're going to talk about this in a second with, you know, with AJ Styles. I like AJ Styles a lot. Take just, – just take 60 seconds from AJ Styles' mic time each week 
because I feel like he's running some of this into the ground. You know, with he comes out, he does a speech. I beat up John Cena. Oh, Booty Mambros, lunatic, champ that runs the camp, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say it again. I feel like AJ Styles has been doing the same thing now for quite some time. And could we just take 60 seconds of that and give it to, you know, give 30 to a tag team and 30 to one of the women. And let's just develop their characters a little bit more. Yeah. I Yeah. You have plenty of time. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And... I, we'll we'll talk about this after we go through SmackDown, but I want to ask yeah. you if you think WWE has been better since the brand split or or worse. But uh, <laughs> let's let's keep going through. Yeah. So AJ Styles came out and addressed the crowd. Uh, Dean Ambrose comes out, gets involved with it, and AJ announces who he has hand selected as his next opponent. And I think everyone was predicting it. Uh, you know, they, because there was no element of surprise. Uh, but James Ellsworth. You know, uh, the uh, the the beloved jobber who lost uh, Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw, uh, was it two months ago, is uh, got got his shot uh, not at the title. It's, it's very clearly stipulated non-title match. Although on SmackDown, interesting or talking Smack after interesting development there, but uh, came out and did this match with AJ with Dean as the referee. Now, I mean, this was God. I think the probably. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This this was like the most blatant comedy match with the biggest name talent in quite some time right i mean they haven't done anything this wasn't just your standard jobber match i mean this was and watching it live i mean this was very physical comedy you know sort of almost uh well i'm you know not the vaudevillains but vaudevillian in in a sense you know i mean i felt like i was watching the three stooges up there for part of this and i mean that in a good way um i mean when's the last time you did something this comedic with someone this big as, as styles where it goes through a commercial break yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, the, I know a lot of people love this. I I thought it was fun for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Ellsworth was putting that calf crusher, he should not be holding on for like a minute before tapping. He should have been tapping right away. Um, he okay. Um, when you think of, and this isn't the case now, but. Up until when wrestling's always most popular, when you think of your WWE world champion, you think of someone larger than life, a star, you know, a, a big star. And, you know, whether it's John Cena, Brock Lesnar, uh, in the past, Kurt Angle, Rockstone, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I don't think most people see AJ Styles as that. Um, and I'm not saying you should take the title off him. I just think he needs the booking help to get to that kind of a level, uh, to get to where Shawn Michaels was. And... And just treating him like the same formula where wins and losses don't matter. He can lose to a job guy and it's not a big deal. Uh, no, build him up as much as you can. Make him something special. Uh, not just a great wrestler, which he is, but something that where a, a casual fan could tune in and be like, wow, this guy's, you know, he's a, he's a star. And this is something I can see the IWC loving. They love Ellsworth and, you know, it's it's funny. He got the win. But I, I think a casual fan tuning in b- would watch it and be like, okay, this is why I, you know, I don't watch. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought I, I thought it was good for a few minutes. I thought it would have been just as effective to have, uh, you know, Ambrose DQ Styles for just beating the crap out of him. Uh, I, but I don't think your world champion should be being pinned, regardless of <laughs> how you know what comedic way you do it. Well, I mean, but they made it, I mean, it was so over the top obvious, not even that, that Ellsworth had, you know, his oft quoted uh, two hand fighting chance. I mean, they made it where he was completely passed out. And I mean, it could not have been 
more of uh of, of uh ref interference by having dean literally pick him up you know and put him on top uh why, thought- why didn't he just count to three the first time you know when styles hit the i mean uh what Ellsworth like rolled him up or something and and yeah. Dean counted the you know the one two and then AJ kicked out he could have just counted three he's well, I mean he's being the crooked yeah. ref anyway and this is what made it like here's what was great about this though and, and I don't feel like this is given enough credit what they did with Dean last night it, you could have watched that with the sound off you know uh, that could have been a silent film from the 30s you know and you still would have gotten all the physical com- comedy and bits of Dean doing, of you know, talking on the phone, going over, talking to the girl in the audience and signing thing and being distracted. Um, I mean, that was that was really a choreographed match. And what was interesting, I noticed um, at one point, uh, the cameraman giving Dean some hand signals of the like, wrap it up and the thing, you know, like telling him, you know, to kind of speed it up a little bit. I, I think they really rehearsed that. I think they really, really worked on that. And there were, there were so many layers going on there um, that that's what I give them credit for. I mean, story-wise, I get everything you're saying, but I love that they put all this effort into doing this little vignette in the middle of the show. I think it should have been a one-segment thing. Uh, I felt I felt like it went eight minutes past once the joke got old. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was amusing enough, but at the same time, look at WWE Championship feuds that bring in new fans, that draw money, that get people to excited to go to the live events and watch pay-per-views. And... Uh, you know, the the WWE championship feuds aren't what they used to be. Well, and now especially because we're going to get... And, and, like- and yeah, someone's bringing up uh, the Ellsworth uh, tucking his chin, taking the Styles Clash. Do you see that? <laughs> so live, I said it looked really sloppy live. Um, yeah, he tucked his... I mean, he, he does <laughs> His lack of chin might might have saved him, but he yeah, he tucked his chin, which we've seen can... That could end your career. Uh, he's yeah. lucky he didn't get seriously injured uh, the way he took that Styles clash. It was interesting, you know, and it may be just because he's not a regular worker. So I could tell you, I was right on the ramp last night. Um, and you could see that, you know, Dean did that thing where he lifted him up to raise his hand and let him fall back down. I mean, there, there, there were multiple refs doing the, you know, squeeze my hand. I mean, they were, they were concerned at the end of the match for him. Like, I mean, overt attention being paid. You know, partially because he's he's not a regular guy there. But yeah, I, I read having read that online, that absolutely makes sense. Live, it looked really weird. That did not look like a normal Styles clash. I, I mean, it was a normal Styles clash. He took it yeah. wrong. And well, that's know, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, the execution yeah. of it did not. Right, look and you know, me and Matt talked about this with the uh, uh, the Bailey match on Raw. Yeah, you're putting putting these people with no experience in, you know, for longer matches that that go back and forth. Uh, it's not the best idea. They're not. They're not ready, you know. You yeah. you you have Samoa Joe in developmental for the last two years or whatever, and then you're bringing in you know James Ellsworth to have a match on Raw. Like I mean on SmackDown that goes two segments. Um, you got to be careful when you're bringing in people with little experience, you know. Um, you know, just have them take the safe moves, get you know get squashed and and move on. Well. And it's interesting, too, because uh, so on, on Talking Smack, they announced that next week we're going to see James Ellsworth versus AJ Styles in a title match. And I'm laughing because part of me is kind of like the like, well, we all know how that's going to go. But then part of me is laughing because it's like they're doing crazy enough stuff right now. I don't know how that's going to go. And it seems like Vince really likes James Ellsworth, um, you know, really thinks it's funny. I mean, do you like do you think there's a snowball's chance in hell they're going to? 
they're gonna like go all the way with this no. just to no 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 well i don't think anyone does <laughs> but then again it's kind of like but then again maybe they could no uh -huh. no 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 way <laughs> no chance no chance. Uh, well, man, then then what stakes are there to watch the match? Um, but I'll tell you, here's the reason why I like that they're bringing him in is because it's clear now that we're going to have AJ versus Dean. That's that's the new AJ feud, the, the new old AJ feud. Um, Cena is going to be out of the picture shooting season two of American Grit. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Cena versus or, uh, Ambrose versus Styles. Like, I feel like I've seen this. Seen this I, so I think. Yeah, I think they made a mistake when they brought back Luke Harper. You know, me and Matt were talking about that a, a Sunday a Sunday night, and Vince, yeah. uh, we thought you know the way it was being set up was Luke was going to turn on Bray. You mm -hmm. know, really, they should have had Luke turn on Bray. Randy Orton wins that. You put Randy Orton in a feud with AJ. Yeah, you get Bray Wyatt feuding with Luke Harper, and you know AJ and Randy Orton doesn't necessarily excite me, but. Excites the, me more than with Dean again. Yes, just Dean and Styles just feel, feels like it's been going on forever, even though it really hasn't been that long, but they haven't found the the right twists and turns to make it engaging. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't I mean, know. I, it's like, or even now that now the Miz is free, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're probably mm -hmm. going to keep him with Dolph, but I mean, but something, just something, anything to kind of change things up a bit. So with the Ellsworth thing, yeah, it's comedy, but... The question is, how much will that carry them? Um, and again, it being overtly comedic, I mean, overtly comedic with the with the the main guy, you know, literally the champ that runs the camp, as he prefers to be addressed. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like it, it's been a while. It's been a while since yeah. an angle this this overt. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's not going to win uh, next week. But I last night I liked I liked how they did it, and I think. Uh, frustrated aj in my mind is at least that's funny like aj just coming out and doing his normal heel thing it's like you know the crowd's behind him he has to start doing that thing like uh you know he has to do the cheap heat to, to get people uh to to treat him like a heel it seems because he is so likable and uh i think him frustrated at least is entertaining yeah i mean i like aj i think he's doing great uh you know if i'm wwe i'm putting my resources behind him to to make him a bigger star and, and not uh, a comedy champion and, and you know, in these comedy bits. Yeah, well, they got to do something. I mean, I saw those pictures of uh, the SmackDown live show that happened in Reno opposite Monday Night Raw. And uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute after talking about the main event. But um, this brand split, I think, is not going as well as uh, they thought it would. They, on, on multiple yeah. levels they're, they're they're rushing certain things that they should have waited to to you know see if if the end of in the if the individual pro you know brands get hot then you really uh you know start doing separate pay-per-views and stuff like that just not right off the bat when you you don't have enough data to to gauge you know what the interest is well especially doing a, a live show against monday night raw you know it's like people go out to see wrestling on monday night not i mean because it's raw and that's the only night raw tapes it's well i mean it makes sense in in the sense that if they don't do a show then they're on the road for no reason they're just staying in their hotel room that night because you know they, yeah. they travel from saturday to tuesday they're not going to go home yeah sunday night and then you know go back on on tuesday so um but the cost has to be a wash i mean looking at the attendance at that that reno show I mean that that's got to be a, a break-even proposition at best. If they are breaking even, then it's it, it at least it you know the talent gets paid. You know yeah. the company might not make money, but if the talent gets paid, then then it's probably worth it. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, we went to, to the main event last night. Again, with the tag match, we had Kane and Randy Orton versus Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt. Now, live, um, yeah, like I said, this this took up the entire last half hour of the show live, and there was a lot of momentum before that. It felt like, you know, the high point for the live audience was that Ellsworth-AJ match. Um, but, yeah, it was just a real momentum killer live. And, and no mercy. And, and, and real quick, yeah, yeah. before this match, did you – you did they play that Orton Kane promo, that backstage promo? Oh yeah, they did, and that did have sound. Uh, yeah, with uh, Kane telling uh, Orton that he has issues. <laughs> Orton's promos have gotten worse because of this feud. It, I mean, yeah. it, they sound like uh, he's performing in front of his acting class. You know, <laughs> like he's just, you know, trying to hit the serious parts of his promo. And uh, God, the, he needs to get out of this feud with Bray Wyatt. It's not doing him any favors. And no mercy, I'll tell you, the, there was the biggest reaction from everyone around me was when they showed that promo of Randy looking into the mirror and that fade and that effect. And everyone was just like, what's I'm confused. What's going on? It's Papa Shango. It's all yeah, Papa I mean, it's Shango weird, stuff. Though. It's but it's Papa, it's like this. I mean, with Randy Orton, who's again, one of the big I mean, like probably uh next to cena the biggest name that everybody knows on smackdown um you know i mean he's he's got the brand he's got the awareness and it's weird that they're putting him in this it's just it's so strange um and uh, i yeah i was really and the thing with kane was i mean kane was was the star of that promo but it's again kane talking i don't know like it just it seems weird on multiple levels i don't know where they're going with this um did, did you watch talking smack last night I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was the shortest talking smack ever uh, taken over by the Wyatts at the end. Um, I will say this for a moment or two last night. I liked unhinged Bray when he was just sort of talking and seemed almost more delirious and not doing the whole eater of worlds shtick. Um, but it, it's even weird, right? That they're giving Luke so much mic time now. I think that's great. Uh, yeah. even though, uh, he, he needs a little work. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like that they need to do something different with Luke because they've been doing the same thing with him uh, for years. And him just being back in this role just makes him the fall guy when they do tag matches. Yeah. And that's basically his role is to be the guy so Bray doesn't get pinned. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, the, the match was something. Oh, <laughs> um, man, I'm done. We, yeah. We had the lights go out. Kane disappears, comes back. Bray and Luke steal the win. Um, I mentioned Raj in an email that at, right after the show ended, they killed the lights for about 10 seconds and Kane came out from under the ring and ran so fast by me. I could feel the breeze on the ramp because <laughs> literally he just got the hell out of there. It's uh, gotta be such a weird feeling when the lights go out and you know, these huge guys are like running around trying to get under the ring and you know, yeah. uh, you know, trying to get their, their, their in place, you know, by the time the lights go back up. They had a couple guys under the ring before. Um, I noticed uh, you know, snaps of photos of it too. I was trying to, you know, I mean, it was clear that something was going to be happening involving under the ring, um, but they were like prepping for that overtly or, uh, before the match happened. You oh, know, gotcha. yeah, which was inter uh, another, you know, one of those interesting facets of being there live. Um, and so, when, yeah. when, so when Kane ran to the back, was it right after the show went off the air? Right after the show went off the air. It so was, uh, they they just shut off the lights randomly. They literally just killed the lights for about ten seconds. And what's interesting about this is they didn't announce like, oh hey, by the way, we're going to be taping main event after, and then we're going to have a dark match. Like they didn't do that right away. 
Um, I thought they would do that when the lights went out. That seemed like the ample opportunity. But then they took a beat. They had, uh, oh, what's his face came out? I'm blanking on his name. But he came out and like said everyone like, oh, don't go anywhere. You know, but they like took a beat where enough people were leaving already. And then it was like, well, we're going to be taping an event and we have a dark match coming up. The dark match um, was excellent. And uh, they just had Cena, Ziggler, and Nikki versus Carmella, Corbin, and The Miz. Uh, lots of audience pleasing spots. They did like a six person suplex, um, you know, like triple attitude adjustments going on at the same time. Very audience pleasing. But uh, yeah, after taping main event with, um, uh, Fandango, or pardon me, with uh, Tyler Breeze and Jack Swagger, and then the Vaudevillains versus the Hype Bros. I mean, they sent everyone home very happy after uh, that. That sort of you know weird tag match with uh, with Randy and Kane. So it was Cena and uh, Ziggler and uh, Nikki. Nikki. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, fun. Cena was leading chance. Uh, you know, everyone was mocking the Miz for crying. Still, Cena was leading chance with the hand gestures. Uh, it was very much playing to the audience. But it was interesting. Interesting to see uh, Cena versus Corbin. I mean, that's like one of those like yeah, just random names well, out of a hat. Match. Well, Cena's gone after this week. Um, yeah. So that was one of his last, uh, you know, appearances at a SmackDown taping until I mean, it could be, you know, January because he's not coming back until the holiday tour at, at the end of December. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very crowd pleasing. It was good. Um, yes, we have photos on Wrestling Inc. that were published, uh, you know, on the on the Twitter. Uh, you could see on production side, really no, a lot of noticeable empties there. They tarp, tarped off the entire section. And uh, yeah, just interesting. Interesting just seeing the different towns and the reaction, you know, but San Jose gets wrestling a lot. Uh, you know, Oakland gets wrestling a lot. Um, Sacramento, no mercy. I think that was very smart of them to go into a market that's been somewhat underserved and do a pay-per-view there because the crowd was hungry for it, you know? Right. We're getting some questions. Uh, so let's go to, uh, yeah. after this, uh, after after talking about Paige and Goldberg, let's, we'll, we'll get some of these questions. Just use hashtag uh, WINKpodcast and, and we'll get to them. Cool, man. So, uh, yeah, so what's, what's the latest with uh, Paige? So Paige, uh, yeah, suspended a second time. Uh, she was claiming that it was something she had a prescription for. Uh, her family went on Twitter, was saying it was you know related to her neck injury. Uh, not Twitter, but uh, Facebook. And WWE flat out, you know, they rarely do this. Usually people go and deny and WWE just stays quiet. And they flat out said it was an illegal substance. Um, so, and... Paige hasn't really responded to that. You know, she TMZ sports caught up with her in Del Rio and she just kind of, kind of stayed out of it. So um, it's interesting, it's, you know, the second strike, if there's a third strike, she's gone. And if she wants to be gone, she could easily make a third strike happen. So, um, cause Do you think they're gonna hold she's under a long-term contract. She's got several years. So if she wants out, there's, there's a way. So is that automatic that your contract's terminated at the third strike? Yeah, because you're not getting paid. You don't get paid when you're on these suspensions. So there's they they can't stop you from, uh, you know, making money. I mean, that would be illegal. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty much terminated uh, at that point. Well, it seems like she doesn't want to be there, and I don't know what is there for her at this point, right? I mean, what's she going to do? Come back to Raw and face Nia Jax or Emma? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, there's more for her to do there than anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, where does she, where, you know, where does she really go? Um, TNA, who knows what's going on with them? Um, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. You know, Del Rio expressed interest in, in wrestling for TNA, but if that happens, it won't be until next year. Um, 
because they're pretty much taped through taped through the end of the year. So, yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, I think I think she would legitimately have some options. I think she could act. I think she could go back to England and you know do something there. Um, I don't know. I mean, depends if she say if she's a saver or a spender. You know, I mean, because she obviously had a pretty lucrative deal. It seems like. Yeah. You know, so uh, I don't know. I just think if you want to make money right now, um, yeah, as a as a female wrestler, uh, you know, WWE is really really it. But it's interesting, though, I was talking about this with my wife when we were going to the events and just the, we were talking about what was up with Paige. And it just seemed like, you know, even before WrestleMania. Right. I mean, she had the brief run in the match against Charlotte. But I mean, she's been out of the main women's storyline now for it's it's been about a year. right? Yeah, Since but that's not PCB. necessarily her fault when she's out there. She's yeah. still one of the most popular people and gets a crowd reaction, you know. Yeah. So it's just WWE, they push like one one or two women at a time and if you're not you know in in those two that they're pushing you kind of are off tv or or just losing so it's funny too i mean i know they don't want to put her on smackdown because of del rio but it's like man i mean her versus becky like that would be like the most credible women's feud they could do uh to improve that because like with alexa even last night like seeing alexa's promo like i just think alexa has got something and it could be developed but i don't think it's there yet you know well, I mean, if she's getting surgery, regardless, she's not, you're not going to yeah. see her until sometime next year. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I'll be curious to see what happens with that. Of course, uh, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest news and breaking developments on that. So so what's happening with Goldberg? I mean, is, is this for real, for real? Like he's going to yeah. come out and answer the challenge? I mean, but it's, it's going to be a match, right? I mean, this he's back in the, the picture. Yeah, yeah. Him and Lesnar, Survivor Series. Uh, you know, it's been... I think I think it was Dave Meltzer. Yeah, it was Dave Meltzer that first reported it. You know, before the even the ESPN appearance. Uh, so yeah, it's a done deal. Um, I think Daniel Bryan and and uh, Beck, uh, gosh, Renee Young kind of yeah. jumped the gun last night talking about it on Talking Smack. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna happen. Um, and I, I'm curious because I know you like a lot of the the uh the nxt stuff and you yeah, know yeah. you're 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 more in tune with the iwc in a lot of ways than, <laughs> than i am because i like i like you know big marquee matches like this uh yeah what are your thoughts on it well so i think it it, it makes me care about a brock lesnar match more than just like okay whose turn is it to go out and job to lesnar you know i mean because with this it's okay and given goldberg's history with it it's it, it t hits the right buttons right it's like we got the nostalgia factor so i like it for that reason um but and, and i also like it too because i think lester and goldberg do share and this you know, obviously has been talked about to death but i mean it's like they have similarities in their career and the way they've been booked and presented um my question really is is survivor series enough time for bill goldberg to get back in fight and shape to put on a credible match uh to me the longer buildup we have to this the better match it's gonna be you know yeah yeah i agree uh, and if it's a survivor series this is gonna be spear f5 spear suplex city spear 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 um you know and just sort of a paint by numbers match between the two of them kind of like you're playing 2k17 and just spamming you know signature moves um if they built this up to wrestlemania i would be like okay this you know maybe there'll be a rematch who knows but that that's my uh tepidness uh and and hesitation in reacting bigger for it is just that it's like oh is this just going to be we're going to get goldberg in well good enough shape to trot him out there and put on five minutes you know yeah so we'll see but uh i mean and, and brock lesnar is booked for raw uh 
a week from Monday. So not this coming. So Goldberg will be on this coming Monday's run and Lesnar will be on the week after. Also kind of weird though, although I guess, you know, there's never a perfect time for this, but I mean, this is going to suck a lot of the oxygen out of the room with raw in terms of, I mean, this is going to be the focus going in. I wonder if this is also, um, because I mean, this is a recent development of your sources told you that I know it's talked about forever. And I think a couple months ago when the rumors were there on the IWC, everyone was like, Oh, it won't happen for X, Y, and Z reason. But do you think that, uh, in, in a butterfly effect sort of way that, you know, Finn Balor's injury, the lack of some serious main event drawing power on raw is, is why this was sort of fast tracked. No, no, I think it, it has to do completely with the game. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just kind of, it's it's happened organically. I mean, they started talking around SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. So it was before Balor's injury. So, gotcha. yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, Interesting when 2K17, when the game developers are able to influence the storyline, because the original word was that Goldberg was like, oh, I don't talk to WWE. You know, the game people are always very clear about who we hire for these commercials and whatnot. You know, it's we have a deal with them to license their thing. It's not going through WWE creative. I mean, this is uh, when when the story is written of this will be an interesting situation, I think, of how they were. He was brought back into the fold through the video game appearance. Right. You know, Uh, so let's take some questions, man. What do you like from the comments? All right. So let's see here. Someone's asking um, who. Who could we see winning the Royal Rumble this year? Hmm. Do you think they're going to do it, uh, treat it as an exhibition, or do you think they're going to? I mean, last year it was it was clearly a uh, you know they used it for storyline purposes. Do you think it's going to be storyline or exhibition this year? Um, I mean, I think it, it'll be for the world title shot at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. I, I don't see them doing it for a WWE Championship like they did last year. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. So. I, I'm guessing it'll be the winner, you know, gets to, you know, of their brand gets that title shot. Um, it's weird. What are, what are the potential big mania matches? Uh, it's <laughs> triple H and Seth Rollins is, is probably one. Sure. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't see them doing that one for the championship. Yeah. So then what match on raw would be the title match? I mean, I guess you could do like Owens and Lesnar, um, oh, but yeah, but according to Meltzer, he's saying that uh, Lesnar's pegged in for Shane McMahon. So, <laughs> which I mean, crazy. Like I don't know, Shane versus Undertaker. Like I, re- I really like that match last year at WrestleMania. I love you know the big spot in it. But um, yeah, it's it's a very strange time in wrestling right now. It's it seems like we're just hitting that point where some of the older big names they could call upon or bring out of retirement are now too old. And there, and we're starting to feel that gap of the lack of, of big names, you know. Yeah, the the, the lack of rabbits they could pull out of their hat. Um, yeah. So I uh, yeah uh, I would I if if I think it's going to be too soon for Balor to come back. Uh, yeah. So, man, I don't know. Uh, who who what would be the I, I guess the SmackDown match would, you know what I'm guessing is probably going to be Cena and Styles, mm. um, and Cena. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I don't see what else you could do. That's that's a, a WrestleMania match. And so on- the IWC here's what what they want to see. I mean, speaking on behalf of, of you know uh, wrestling nerds everywhere, um, keep still keep uh, Owens and Zayn apart from each other 
and have Zayn win the Rumble. Oh, uh, God. So yeah, no yeah, way. that's that's our WrestleMania match. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Maybe in five years when uh, the guys can actually draw that as a WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't see but, them doing that. Yeah, I mean, but I, I'm, I would be, I would actually be surprised to see Owen still champion going into WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I think, I think he. Yeah, I, but I don't know. I, I just don't know who who the other options are. I mean, they could bring up Nakamura. Would they fast track him to go to Mania that quick? I Maybe. mean, they did for Balor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there's no it's no clear path uh, other than Rollins and Triple H, which I think is is definitely going to happen. And I guess Lesnar and Shane. Um, I just don't see. I, there's just no matches that. You're, you've been waiting to see that are finally going to happen. Well, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they'll do Roman. I mean, actually, yeah. I could easily see them doing Roman. Which is weird. I mean, that was the, you know, being at WrestleMania in Dallas, I mean, that, that like, n very noticeable the amount of people leaving during Triple H versus Roman last year. Uh, you know, and it's like, now I get you want to beat the traffic when you're in a, at a, at a dome with 100,000 other people. But I think that's the thing, man. It's like you gotta you, uh, now. People are gonna watch just because it's WrestleMania. But I think that they just have to up the spectacle and get the buy rate there. And you know, who are the names? I mean, they don't. I just don't think they have it. I mean, maybe Goldberg gets bit by the bug a little bit again and wants to to stick around. And maybe we have Goldberg versus someone else um, because he could elevate, you know, one of the current guys pretty easily. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see how Goldberg fares with this one. I think yeah. you know if if he does well, 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 why not? But with the Rumble, I would love it to be just out of left field choice. I would love it to be you know a guy like Neville or someone that they put you know that they that they give a chance to an opportunity with that. I because I think last year with Roman they had a very clear objective in mind that they needed to you know this that was kind of the the reestablishing of Roman Reigns and like let's try and give him a credible story to make it not seem like he's forced even though we're forcing him through the story. Um but yeah I would love to see one of those. I would love to see one of those Cinderella moments for for a guy that's been ignored. But you know that probably won't happen and it'll end up being you know Chris Jericho or someone who doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What would be our ideal five on five Raw versus SmackDown match? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, see, I think they're just going to go top of the card, right? Okay. I mean, just top of each brand and just go down the line. So we're going to have, you know, Cena, Styles, Ambrose, Orton, and Bray, you know, or maybe Orton and Ziggler uh, versus, uh, you know, Rollins, Reigns, Owens. Jericho and um, oh, who am I forgetting on the raw side? Uh, Rusev, you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because they they usually don't like doing the you know the combo baby faces versus a combo heel. So I, yeah. I almost got to wonder if they'll have like the raw heels against the SmackDown baby faces. And because yeah, John Cena is supposed to wrestle at Survivor Series. Yeah, and uh, if they're not doing a, a championship match, I could see John Cena on the SmackDown side. And uh, and maybe Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens, Jericho as kind of the top guys on the the heel side for for Raw. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they book that. Um, so you think now with it with tying Ric Flair's record off the table uh, at the moment? Do, I mean, do you think they do that with Cena uh, at at Survivor Series, or do you think that's something they wait for the Rumble or Mania? I just don't know if there's, I think the, I mean, is the bigger story tying it or is it breaking it? Yeah. Cause breaking it, 
if you want to do breaking it and do, then you can do that at mania but tying it just doesn't feel like they've already done kind of done that storyline he didn't get it um yeah but they're gonna have to do it eventually right i mean they're gonna have to follow through on that tease and how much longer can they tease it i guess not really you don't have to do it you can just yeah, drop it no Cena, Cena like, retires 15 no, times yeah champion. why not he doesn't need the, the world title again That's he's true. you know he's the top draw you know without it so um yeah. but you know i'm sure they will um yeah, I don't know. No, I think they tie it. I think he breaks it if he ever does a full-on retirement match or angle. I think that'll be how he goes out. Yeah, someone. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I'm I'm sure my guess would be that he breaks it, but by Mania, I don't see him challenging to break the record at Mania because I don't think there's enough time to do him winning it, losing it, and then going for it again. Yeah. I think it also depends just on uh, if they get desperate. I think that's that's a rabbit that they have on reserve to pull out of their hat. You know, in case yeah. of emergency, <laughs> so right? Yeah, the record cool, man. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Cool. I want to thank everyone for joining us once again on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. This was us discussing SmackDown Live for October 11th, 2016. Of course, now we will be back on Monday to talk about Monday night. Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh, One yeah, more yeah. thing. One, One last thing, thing we forgot to get to. Yeah, uh, do you think WWE has been better since the, oh, the brand yeah, split? Yeah. Um, in some ways, yes, in other ways, no. Overall, if you had to, if you had to go back and say, uh, with hindsight being 50, 50, like, do we do this? Yeah, I say, I say it's better only because can you imagine how much more we would be complaining if this was the same, essentially the same episode of Monday night raw we were seeing, because that's really what SmackDown used to be just like the SmackDown was like the raw remix, you know, um, at least now we're complaining about two parallel sets of, of repeating storylines as opposed to one group of repeating storylines, yeah. you know, that were repeating twice weekly with recaps on SmackDown and main event or on uh, SmackDown main event and superstars, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think SmackDown has been a lot better except, Absolutely. except for one, except for the commentary. Yeah. I think Moro and Jerry were having great chemistry together. Um, and I think JBL and Otanga just bring them down. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to compliment each other, you I know, just, like when you're listening to commentators, you yeah. feel like they should know more than you or, or provide insight mm -hmm. uh, that you wouldn't normally think of or, or, or facts, you know, that you, you might not remember. Um, and Moro does that. David Otunga, obviously super intelligent guy, but everything he says is, is you're just like, it's like, well, that was, you know, that was crazy or well, that was a big move. <laughs> you know, there's no insight. If, if you're there, you should, if you don't have any insight, like if you're like a Jesse, the body, you should be at least entertaining as hell or bring up a, a you know, a valid point or an argument. Um, the JBL and Otunga, man, those guys. Yeah. Anyway. Or use Otunga as uh, the gateway, right? Have him literally just be the guy who doesn't know as much and ask questions that prompt JBL or Moro to give that but bit of information. You shouldn't have a wrestler on there doing that. Yeah. For someone who's actually wrestled, they shouldn't be the, the guy that doesn't know what's going on. Do you, do you yeah, wrestlers should yeah. be like what Daniel Bryan did with the cruiserweight classic. They should be providing kind of insight from a wrestler's perspective. If they're not a heel, yeah. they should be providing some sort of insight that fans wouldn't know uh is like how hard a move hurt you know hurts or what a wrestler is working on you know kind of like what you know what joe rogan does even though he's not a fighter and you know with ufc broadcasts like uh kind of what's going on in the wrestler's head but uh but yeah, well, still smackdown being two hours different brand it's got a huge advantage over i think it's been better but the pay-per-views have no buzz 
yeah uh, since the brand split well yeah it's it's i mean the pay-per-views don't even have like a takeover buzz to them right. um which is which is odd so i think that smackdown um yeah smackdown is, is a very tight show about a wrestling company and i really really like that and appreciate it about it and talking smack is fantastic I mean, absolutely one of the best things WWE has has come up with in quite some time. I don't know how Raw competes with that um, at this point because they're locked into that three-hour time slot. And, but I will say this, the strength of Raw's commentary really makes that three hours a lot more bearable. With Without Corey Graves, I don't know how we would uh, get through that quite as happily. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, uh, cool, man. So, uh, yeah, so Monday night, we'll be back here with Matt Morgan talking about uh, Monday Night Raw immediately after it ends on the East Coast. Please join us for that. If you like the show, uh, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment, leave us a rating. And of course, we'll take your questions 